Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume 100-something, inching on towards 200. I had an interesting week last week. I went down to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and the reason that I went to Stillwater, Oklahoma was because Cade Cunningham became the first Oklahoma State Cowboy in the history of the men's basketball program to be drafted number one overall in the NBA draft by the Detroit Pistons. In fact, he's just the second athlete in the history of the OSU athletic program to go number one. A guy named Bob Fennimore went number one in the NFL draft in 1947. Why are you pointing at me? Did I already screw something up? I, you, let's refer to it as the Oklahoma State program. They're not OSU. Let's just get that. So let me tell you guys about <laughs> OSU. Uh, okay, I'd never been there, Travis. I'd never been down to Stillwater. You know, you and I have been blessed to – we've been all over the country to amazing universities and campuses, but I had never been to Stillwater. I'd been to Norman a ton. You've been to their best of, friend's place. Because of uh, covering Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, everything Lincoln Riley has built down there in Norman. Never been to Stillwater. Hell, I didn't even know where it was. I mean, I had to look at the map to figure out which airport I should fly into. So I fly into OKC on uh, the evening of the 28th. Stayed in OKC uh, and as we began the process of putting together how we were going to cover the draft party at Eskimo Joe's. And if you guys haven't been there and you're going to Stillwater, make sure you go by there. Stan and everybody involved at that place. And it's iconic. Uh, it's one of those campus haunts that is iconic to that university. It is awesome there. Are they, they, they're known for like some cheese fries or something? They claim the world's greatest cheese fries, and I will tell you it did not disappoint. I ate them on live national television uh, right before the NBA draft began on ABC. Now, let me back up a minute. So as my producer Melinda Adams and I are preparing for this party, they were throwing a party for the basketball team so that they could watch their brother be drafted – and, and do so together. Enjoy a nice evening out, uh, have some of those cheese fries, and watch Cade go number one. Now, obviously, the biggest story in all of sport, and I say that again, like it's the, it's the middle of the Olympics, and in our world, in our zip code, the biggest story in sport is that now Oklahoma and Texas are officially headed to the SEC. They are going to join the Southeastern Conference. And so I thought, okay, well, wait a minute. Oklahoma State is in the Big 12. They are directly impacted by the decision of Oklahoma and of Texas to leave the Big 12 Conference and head to the SEC. What's that mean? And who are the most outspoken people in that conference? Well, Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy just happens to be one of those people. Again, I'd never met Coach Gundy. I got hooked up with Coach Gundy by my amazing mentor, Gordon Whitener, who is – I mean, he coached at Oklahoma State back in the day. Uh, he is – he's a legit, like, American cowboy. He's the Marlboro man, Gordon is. So, Gordon hooks me up with Gundy. Gundy's all in. We go down there. 
I drive over from Oklahoma City the morning of the 29th and uh, right around just past dawn, and I'm driving down the highway, and I'm thinking about, okay, what am I going to ask this guy? How's this going to go? And I'm going to tell you something, Travis. And by the way, guys, we'll, we, I did a 13 or so minute interview with Coach Gundy. I asked Coach Gundy his perspective on everything that happened, what it means for the Big 12, what it means for Oklahoma State. And the fact is, we just don't know those answers yet. We just don't. And so y'all will hear that in a minute. But, but before we get to the interview, I just want to say, that I walked into the football facility. So I got to Boone Pickens Stadium, and Melinda and the communication staff from Oklahoma State were waiting on me because I got lost, of course. I was at the wrong end of the stadium. You're supposed to go to the west end of the stadium. I was at the east. Man, is there anything more confusing than going to a new college campus and trying to get around the football facility? It's kind of confusing. Uh, but, I mean, look, it couldn't – I say it's confusing, but – the, the west end of the stadium is like, ah! I mean, there's all these flags flying. It's this gorgeous entrance. And I was on the other side of the field, other side of the stadium. So we go inside, walk into the lobby, and we're standing in the football lobby there and just, just hanging out. And, I mean, it is – they have this as, – as you know, Travis, these days you walk into the lobbies – of power five football facilities and it's not like a random boardroom looking experience it's like a museum it's a museum and boy is oklahoma state a museum there are all of the the awards go all the way down the hallway there's there's just like gore like graphics everywhere there's led boards everywhere playing highlights they've got mannequins with like all the different uniforms they wear the sh the cleats i mean all the bowl trophies yeah all the different the the array the vast array of uniform combinations right and over in the corner as you as you walk in to your left around the corner is Barry Sanders Heisman trophy and I geek out. I, I mean, I nerd out on having the opportunity to see the Heisman Trophy. Same thing at Notre Dame. When I go there, you go to USC, it's like a whole lineup of them. So cool. So I go over there, and I'm like studying Barry's Heisman. And then I come – I'm, I'm kind of walking back, and Coach Gundy walks out of his office. Says hello. He's like, crap, dude, you're dressed for church. He's got on a polo, pair of jeans. Of course, I had to wear a suit because ESPN. Travis, that man, he took me in, introduced me to his assistant, his admin, who is a, a wonderfully lovely lady. Who run, He goes, this is the GM. Don't get it twisted. She runs the whole program. And then he, he, he took me in his office, and then he grabbed me, and we walked. Dude, he toured me around the entire facility. Introduced me to Coach Glass, the strength and conditioning guru there who knows a bunch of my friends. And we, I mean, we sat there in the weight room, uh, gorgeous weight room for probably 20 or 25 minutes solving all the problems in college football. Were you just wishing that you had some uh, gym close so you could get a few uh, reps in there at their facility? I thought about it, but my shirt's a little tight, so it might, I might have popped a button or two. No, if I got you, down you can't be working out in your suits because those are – 
those are too tight for you to be doing any sort of a physical activity. Did I ever tell you the Brent Venable story from when no. I was all by myself? Okay, so, all right, it's tangent time, ladies and gentlemen. Several years ago when, I think it was 2016, I'm not sure of the year, but it was when Lamar Jackson and the Louisville Cardinals came to uh, Clemson to play Deshaun Watson and the Clemson Tigers. And it was one of the greatest football games I've ever seen. And we went there, and in the morning, we're doing all the live shots for Sports Center, for College Game Day, for this network and that network. And afterwards, we had a whole day to do like basically nothing because the game didn't kick off. It was the ABC night game. I mean, I think it was an 8 p.m. kickoff or something. Yeah, you got plenty of time. So, my goal was now that I'm hopped up on coffee after college game day, I'm going to get my workout in right now. So change clothes, get out of my suit, get into some shorts and a T-shirt. I'm in the Clemson weight room. That's one thing that's so cool is that they just allow us to go in there and pump iron, uh, get our run in on a treadmill. You know, it's a, it's a national championship level facility. And so we're in there, we're doing our thing. I am underneath the bar and I have, I don't know, like 175 pounds on there, maybe 185 pounds. And I'm laying there and I'm like getting myself ready, you know, heavy breathing. All of a sudden, I like, I almost have my eyes closed and I'm like, all right, man, let's knock this out. You ready, boy? <laughs> And I look up, and I like Brent Venables is lathered up, yelling at me, making sure I'm ready to go. Kickoff, kickoff is like eight hours away. And that dude is full lather, ready to go. I love that stuff. He is, yeah, he's one of those coaches that you just feel like mainlines Red Bull. That man cannot, like, I love it. He can't, he, he doesn't turn it off. Like, it's, it's something about the defensive coaches because. For Ohio State, Kerry Combs, who's like 70 years old or something, doesn't he's always the most energized person on the field. It's it's something about those defensive coaches. They're like a few fries short of a happy meal, and they're just Coach always o. like Coach O, yeah, bro. Man, I don't know how they do it. I figured you boys would be driving a Mercedes Benz by now. Y'all big time. He's an American treasure, son. And we need to protect him. All right, so Coach Gundy shows me around and and was just so gracious with his time. And then uh, and then we stand in front of the camera, and he couldn't have been more gracious with his time. I asked everything I wanted to ask, and we're going to let you guys hear that now, and then Travis and I will break it down on the backside. Here is, on behalf of Sports Center, College Football Live, Marty and McGee, and Marty Smith's America. They got a lot of mileage. I did. I got a lot of mileage out of this interview. Oklahoma State head football coach Mike Gundy. Coach, we'll start with one of the biggest news stories in college football in some time, that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 Conference. What's your reaction to how all this unfolded? I think like everybody else, it was, it was a surprise. Um, I'm just thankful that we have great leadership. Um, Dr. Shrum and Chad Weiberg, I have complete faith in them, uh, as well as the other presidents and ADs in this league. And you and I talked about it walking around the building. 
Um, everybody needs to get together and come up with a really good, solid plan and think in the future. Um, Oklahoma State, I think we're in great shape. I mean, look at our track record. I mean, we're top 10 in the country in wins over the last decade. We have 15 winning seasons in a row, 15 bowls in a row. Tremendous success, and you know this, you're in the business. In the end, it's all about are you successful in football and can you sell television money? And I think that's what it comes down to. We can talk about a lot of things, but ultimately that's what it comes down to, and I think we're in great shape. Um, but me, I was surprised just like everybody else. So I just want to follow up. You say you guys are in great shape, mm -hmm. but pointedly, what do you think this means for Oklahoma State football? Well, I wish I knew. Uh, like I've visited with our staff as far as I think anybody that says they really know the future is maybe stepping out of line. That could be even the, the highest up at this point. Um, the goal, from what I hear, is that this league stays intact through 24. Um, and at that point, we all know that there could be teams that are looking to go somewhere else. I'm not going to get involved in that because I think business is business. Unfortunately, at times in our profession, there is a big side of business. Um, but I know that Oklahoma State has had tremendous success. And when you look at where we've been from the viewer standpoint over a long period of time, people like watching Oklahoma State football. And there's continuity here. Um, not to pump up my own tires, but I'm 17 years here. The people in this program have been here a long time. Um, we're stable. Um, we're a good product, and I think we're very marketable. You said it can't predict the future, but what, what's your perspective on what this moment might mean for the Big 12's future? Again, I wish I knew. Um, you hear people talk about ultimately there's going to be a power four. In my opinion, if I was in meetings or behind closed doors, would I say that that's a probability? I'd say yes. Again, somebody else might make that decision. Um, could there be teams that jump in and say we're going to continue as a power five? I think that's marketable. Um, I think the television, ESPN, they're going to have a big, big say in that. They're the ones that are representing television dollars, and they make those decisions. And I think at some point, the leaders will get together and say, hey, look, this is what we have if this is what you will offer us. If not, it, it might be something else. Ultimately, that's who's going to make the decisions, in my opinion. Uh, your university president, Dr. Casey Schrum, mm -hmm. was very outspoken mm -hmm. recently with, with comments about uh, OU specifically and those two schools leaving the conference. How do you react to her comments? Well, I think people know, for me, um, uh, I like people to be very upfront. I like people to be blunt. I like to know where you stand, and I want you to know where I stand. So um, I've only known her for a short period of time, maybe less than a month. I've had long conversations with her. Um, I like her. I think she's tough. Uh, I think she believes in Oklahoma State. I think she's innovative. And let's just put it this way. I don't know how far that we're going to get in life in society today, taking a back seat and sitting there and letting other people direct our traffic. I think you have to get out front. Uh, from what she's shown me, she's not scared to do that. She's willing to say, look, we're Oklahoma State. We have a tremendous product to sell. We want people to come and look at us no matter what direction we're going. Name, image, likeness, mm -hmm. realignment in conferences, 12-team college football playoff, the Wild West that is the transfer mm -hmm. portal. What is it like to lead in this moment? I think that for me, I can only speak for myself and for our staff. Um, I'm not a micromanager. 
Uh, we had a two-hour staff meeting yesterday. I offered my opinion on all those subjects. And then I want feedback from the 16 guys that are in the staff room with me. You tell me your opinion. I'm going to give you my opinion on what's best for young people to continue the winning program we've had here for 17 years. Times are changing. Technology, like we've talked about phones. Um, my, I have a, a, a 16 and 19 and 24, and I know you have children that are a little bit younger. They don't get information as much from parents, teachers, and coaches like we used to. They get information from phones. So how do we direct really quality information to them when we get them face-to-face? -face? Because the ones that are here, the 130 that are playing here, we have them. We can talk to them. We can instill things in them to keep things going the way it is. So we all have to understand the name, image, and likeness. That's the way it is. It's not changing. Um, even if the NCAA or somebody wanted to regulate it, your, your federal legislators, they're, they're going to regulate it. Mm -hmm. So it's out of your hands. Um, the 12-team uh, the playoff, um, I think there's been suggestions. I, I mentioned in an 18 playoff maybe five or six years ago. Uh, sometimes people like my ideas, sometimes they don't. Um, but my concern with the 12-team is how many games are you actually going to play? So the, could the, be 17. Well, these guys still are college students, mm -hmm. okay? And so you're kind of contradicting yourself a little bit based on we're going to protect their bodies, um, their well-being. And uh, whether we like it or not, Marty, a lot of what we do today is young men starting in high school, working their way up to our level. They're ultimately wanting one goal. After they graduate from Oklahoma State, they want to play professionally and make money playing this game, which represents their name, image, and likeness even more at maybe a higher value. We can act like that's not a factor. In my opinion, it's a huge factor. So we started protecting our players' bodies about 10 years ago. We're way ahead of this. You know, they changed the pre-practice for August, where there's less contact, not as many hours out there and such. We didn't have to alter anything. We were already doing that. Mm -hmm. But it's even going to move forward more. So I'm not sure that um, we can handle a 12-team because ultimately you know who has a voice now more than they ever had before is the players. For sure. And they're going to speak up on that in my opinion. Now, I'm ultimately not going to make those choices. I'm going to follow that lead So um, by being a member of it. Um, but I think the players will have a voice in all those areas. And it will be interesting over the next – six to eight months, I think we're going to see a direction of a realignment that could last for a while because of all the television money that's going to be poured into it because that's the one thing that is going to always be there, as you and I talked about. People still like live sports, okay? They want to watch things live. They want to hear what you guys are on the sidelines saying. People live by that and that's the entertainment we have more so than what it used to be 100 years ago when we were growing up as kids or maybe not you but me you only got me by a few years that's right <laughs> from your perspective what's the best case scenario for Oklahoma State well again I go back to I'm not concerned one bit about Oklahoma State Somebody that's a lot smarter than me or multiple people that are a lot smarter than me that deal with televisions, contracts, the long-term stability financially because, again, sometimes I get in trouble by stepping out there. That's what this comes down to, right? So Chad Weiberg is our athletic director. He's been on the job 27 days. Hey, Chad, welcome to the real world, buddy. Wow. So he has to pay bills. 
we, we generate around $40 million a year, give or take, through Big 12 Network. Basketball makes $4 million, football's the other 36, whatever. My math's not real good. But, um, and then um, you have your money that you make in your stadium, selling tickets and suites, okay? So it's right around $78 million, give or take. Then that has to cover the athletic department. And so that's his job and to keep all the sports up and running, but also facilitate football, which has to be pristine. If football is not pristine and playing at a high level, you don't get that chance, in my opinion. I mean, if I was coaching another sport, I would still be able to admit that. And so the best case scenario, in my opinion, for Oklahoma State University, and whether we like it or not, the president of the university, the athletic director, and the head football coach are the three most recognizable and three most marketable people on a college campus. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. And so somebody will make that decision of what's best to continue the tradition we have. We've won like 40-plus national championships here in sports, mm -hmm. okay? So um, there's a lot to market, but ultimately we need to be pristine. We need to be very competitive in football to sell those television dollars. Somebody will make a decision. What's the best way to financially put Oklahoma State in a position to continue where it's been. Now, hopefully we're going to be in the same boat for the next um, four years up through the end of 24. That's the plan at this point. I found it interesting that Commissioner Bowlesby sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN mm -hmm. uh, asking them to, or requiring, or requesting that they stop contacting schools about any sort of realignment. What was your response to the fact that he sent that letter? Well, truthfully, uh, it was what, three or four five sentences, and most of the words I couldn't understand. I had to look them up in the dictionary. Uh, that's not my strong point. But all that stuff is way over my head. Um, we, as a university, as the eight members, presidents and athletic directors and head football coaches, have to trust that he's making the best decision with his committee for us to move forward with the group, whatever direction they want to go. Sometimes we can't control things we can't control. So we have to trust he's doing the right thing. I have no idea what any of that meant. And I was asked that question about 13 times yesterday. I imagine you were. And what I said is this, that between um, the commissioner, his group, the presidents and the athletic directors, they all have to get together and they have to get a game plan to say this is what's best for the future post-2024. It's a special day here at Oklahoma State University for everybody, certainly with Cade Cunningham, mm -hmm. the presumptive number one pick in the NBA draft. When you have that kind of talent here and it brings that kind of awareness to the university, what's that mean to the university? Well, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to what we said. Uh, you know, in most cases, the three people I mentioned that are marketable for the school, like when we, when we play really well here in football, our enrollment goes up. When, uh, when Coach Sutton was here and we were in the Final Four, our enrollment went up. People like winners, people like success, and people love athletics. And with Cade being here and being in the position he is right now, that only takes this logo and it brands us and markets us even more. And I don't know him really well. I, don't, I wasn't around him a lot. They're, when they're working, we're working. But I hear fantastic things about him as a person, that he's humble, 
and um, I know I watched some games on TV, and he plays real good. It's pretty good, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, and you know when he plays the best is when he gets toward the latter part, uh, and I'm speaking out of turn here because I don't know jack about basketball, except if it goes in, it's a good thing. <laughs> he plays his best toward the end. And I think, uh, you know, I watch him sometimes, and he's young, and so early he's just playing, you know. And then it, when, it, when it got time, I don't know how many times toward the end of the games they just said, hey, take it over, and he took it over. That's really what the NBA is, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to take the game over. So I'm very proud of him. I'm very proud of his accomplishments. And I think it's an awesome branding opportunity for him, Oklahoma State Athletics and Oklahoma State University, that he's going to be the first player picked. All right, Travis, there's a lot to unpack. And I know everybody involved in college football, all the fans, certainly the fans impacted by the decision, are are trying to figure out what's next. Even those who are not directly impacted by the decision, like yourself, wonder, okay, what does this mean for my school and my school's conference? Are we going to add – Teams to the Big Ten. What's going to happen with the Pac-12? Are the Big Ten and the Pac-12 going to become a super conference? Everybody's just throwing goose poo against the wall right now, trying to figure out the scenarios that make the most sense. And I felt like Coach Gundy, so I didn't know how he was going to react. I didn't know if he was going to be angry. I didn't know if he was going to be miffed. I didn't know if, I, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Because let me tell you one thing about that man. You heard him say it right there. I like to know where you stand. I want you to know where I stand. And that's one thing I've always admired about him. I had never met him until I walked in the building the other day. And to add to it, everyone's still processing this because it's Mm -hmm. for for most people, it's happened so fast that people are still trying to figure out everything that's going involved and then trying to talk about it. And it's, it's not an easy thing to just have an answer for there. And look, in in a lot of cases, there are no answers yet. There are no answers yet because we just don't know. And you know, the whole, so it's funny to me, we brought up on Marty and McGee the other day, coach Saban told us at, at uh, media days, the unintended consequences portion of all of this, whether it's NIL, whether it's portal, uh, a playoff uh, expansion might end up at 17 games. It's the most transitionary time in the history of the sport. And so I felt like Coach Gundy, he was very honest but very measured because, like everybody else, he's surprised that this unfolded. You heard him say it there, okay? But he does feel good specifically to Oklahoma State I think it applies to like the Ohio States, the Notre Dames, et cetera. If you have a track record of success, sustained winning seasons, that type of thing, and certainly tremendous financial backing from donorship, then you're probably going to, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. Two things really were revelatory to me. Number one, that Coach Gundy said he believes. The goal of the league is to stay intact until 24, all right? And he believes that's going to happen. Now, is there going to be a power four? He said, hey, in my opinion, if I was in the, behind closed doors, I'd say that's a probability. Now, the other part that really intrigued me was the money. The Big 12 uh, uh, 
money that comes in from the Big 12 network and and whatnot, ESPN Plus, and then the money that's generated from in-stadium revenue. And all of those things to me, hearing the numbers come out of his mouth, made me go, okay, it's very interesting. But the bottom line is to me, I just don't think anybody knows what this means yet other than the Southeastern Conference has added two absolute monster brands in the world of collegiate football, collegiate athletics, to their resume, to their to their uh, list of attributes. I don't know, man. Uh, the SEC got a lot stronger, I think, is what I think, Travis. The one good thing for Gundy and the Oklahoma State program is while they are not Oklahoma – they are a good enough program that they can make a conference better. And so no they, will be, they, have a they will be, they will be a sale. They will be a valued program to go after. And then because of their location, they, they go anywhere. Go, they can go anywhere. I yeah. mean, if I'm the big 10, I'm going after them in Iowa state. Like yesterday, like I'm going after them. If I was the ACC, and I might have said this on here last week, I think I did. If I was the ACC, I'd be going after Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Notre Dame. And it's just going to be – I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how all of this unfolds. What we don't know yet is what if some other university who's already affiliated with something – you know, we keep hearing all these Clemson, Florida State rumors floating around. What if there are affiliated universities who decide to defect? Well, it's just going to be, it, you know, it, it's uh, maybe I, may, affiliated might be the wrong word. Entrenched. Entrenched the, is the word. Because look, the next five years is going to be the craziest and also most important five years in college sports history. That's too big a window, in my opinion. I think that's too big a window. I think five years, who the hell knows what's going to happen? From now until you mean the end of the Big 12 deal? Yeah. Yeah. That is going to be huge in what happens. I just don't. So, so if Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12 conference, takes all eight remaining members, right? And he circles the proverbial wagons. What can he do from a media rights perspective? That could be revolutionary. If I were him, that's where I'd be thinking. I want to go do something that nobody else is doing and and go from there. They also they need to find two more programs. They they've you 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 gotta get to at least 10. You gotta get to 10. Yeah. You can't I don't know, man. It's a it's a hell of a function. I mean, maybe if SMU can keep growing, you can go down there and get but they've got to find a way. Now it'll be in, the other interesting thing is how do all the people that carry a vote and a say handle the CFP expansion? Because you have Gene Smith's kind of saying, "Let's pump let's the brakes, a, uh, you know, pump the brakes and see what's going on." And over at the SEC's, you know, got to be wanting more. Now, I love Greg Sankey though. He came out and was like, "Listen, four was we we were good with four. Everyone else is clamoring for more. We're good with four. If you want more, we can do more, and we'll get more teams in." I mean, look, it's like, golly, what what an unbelievable paradigm shift. We're not going to be able to quantify. It's like I say all the time. 
y'all are y'all are going to get tired of hearing me say you may already be tired of it life is context and repetition and until we have context what it really means that the university of texas and the university of oklahoma are in the sec we just can't know you can't you can't know what it means until we see how everything else shakes out as a result of it. And it's also football is obviously the main reason, and that's what we talk about. But for Texas and OU, for SEC and the SEC network, that is a huge move. I mean, Oklahoma a lot just of money, won, Bubba. Uh, Oklahoma just won the softball national championship. Like those programs, they're only going to get better because now they have the SEC network to, hey, you want to, you want your son or daughter to you want, watch them when you can't go to the games, come play for us and they'll be on the SEC network all the time where the big 12 plus, I mean, have- ESP. Yeah. And ESPN plus, I mean, yeah, but, but here's the thing. Like it's, it's very, it's fundamental here, man. Follow the money. Uh, all you got to do is follow the money. The SEC is a, an, an, an insanely lucrative entity. Uh, I feel like with ESPN na- uh, now owning the future rights to broadcast the SEC game of the week, it only grows stronger. And as a result of that, uh, more lucrative for the universities involved. And so follow the money, Hoss. Yeah, it's always the money. Now, one other thing, and you referenced it on one of your hits. I think it might have been a sports center hit with when you're talking about uh, Coach Gundy. The hair. Man's got good hair. I mean, I don't. How majestic is it in person? Okay, that's a really good point. All right. So it's very rare that I walk into a room and I look at another dude's uh, hair and go, woo wee. I got some competition today. But that thing on top of Gundy's head, man. I mean, okay, so he lost the mullet. He lost the mullet, but there's like a – I mean, he's got some volume going on it's up here. Thick. He, I mean, it, it is It is like – it is like – yeah, I mean, it's it's like a squeegee up there, man. Like you, you – that thing, it, it's definitely got its own – it's definitely got its own deal going on a lot like mine. And I could tell that, I mean, I looked at him, I even said, it's very rare that I find any level of intimidation when I look at another man's head of hair. But son, that thing's like a Chia pet. I mean, he's the OG. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he, he is. He is the OG. He was first. So I think that he's the person that brought back the mullet trend. Yeah. You know, a lot of people give Morgan Wallen a lot of credit for that. Teddy and Silas, our boys down at Coastal Carolina, you know, that they definitely were ahead of the curve. Uh, your boy, your boy Quinn Ewers, Ewers, what's his name? Ewers. Your boy Quinn Ewers. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, man. That looks like a skunk died on top of that boy's head. Well, so for those that don't know the name, number one quarterback in the 20, you will. 20, 22 class, potentially 21, which you can get into that in a second. Down at South Lake, Carroll, I think is where he plays in Texas. It's a tradition where they bleach their hair for the football team, but he just hasn't went away from it and is also rocking a mullet. I but mean, he might be 
he's the number one player in the 22 class and he's come out and said, there's a chance that he's reclassifying going to graduate early and fly up to Columbus this month and enroll. Uh, uh, well, it's just a cra- because the, and you didn't say why, because and he the reason stands why- to make a lot of money in NIL because he's the number one player in the country. And in Texas yeah. is one of the states that will not allow high school players to make money off themselves. Of all states. Of all states. Texas. What? I, I, called, I called my brother who lives down there, and he answers it. And I didn't say hello. I just said, <laughs> I thought y'all care about football. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, I thought y'all care about football down there in Texas. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you won't let high school players make money off their name, image, likeness? What are y'all doing, Texas? You just joined a conference with the slogan, it just means more. Apparently, it doesn't in your state. Yeah, you got to imagine that at some point really soon, that's going to change. Because, the, I mean, if, especially if, if Quinn is able to go ahead and do this or decides to go ahead and do this. Uh, now, he's already – Travis, you know better than I do. He's already earned enough credits to graduate high school. Is that he right? Could, he'd, have to, he'd have to do an online class real fast, but he can do he'd it. He'd have to do an online class real yeah. fast. Okay, well, look, it's going to change because now you're talking about one of the most talent-rich states in the country and one of the most recognizable talents in that state in the country deciding, p- potentially deciding, I'm out of here because I got – you look at Bryce Young, okay? Bryce Young's got a million bucks on the table. He's never started a football game yet at the collegiate level. And so, kids like yours are going to be comparing like – comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Out of here, man. I was watching some highlights of his, and I'm not sure when it was. It must have been last season maybe. And one of the talent analysts was discussing his ability, his uh, his precision uh, – as a passer, his accuracy as a passer, and, and how, how good he is. And, man, he got hit right in the chin and dropped it in a bucket from, like, 35 yards, 40 yards. And, and so if he does go to Ohio State, y'all got two five-stars at the same no, time, right? Uh, I think we have three five-stars. That's stupid. Pantone needs to get off the couch. Get off the couch, Pantone. You're not doing your job, bro. For those of you guys who don't know who that is, it's – Mark Pantone, who is the player personnel director at the Ohio State University and a great friend of the show. None from the state of Ohio, one from California, one from Arizona, one from Pennsylvania, one from Texas. Wow. The other the other implication with Texas and what Quinn Ewers does is you could see players leaving early, but you could also see players, you know, freshmen or early in their high school career. They've moved to Florida and go to IMG Academy. They just leave the state and continue to play high school ball still make money off them and then make money off themselves. Like Texas has got to figure this out. Cause listen, the train's already going down. There ain't no stopping this. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, you know? no. And again, look, here we go. Here we go. Unintended consequences. I bet you the guys who devised name image likeness and said, okay, we're going to do this. It's time. These collegiate athletes need to be able to benefit off of their names, images, and likenesses. We all said it. It's going to start impacting recruiting dramatically. It's going to filter to the high school level. What nobody thought of, at least, I mean, look, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I didn't consider it, that a young man like that who has that much talent is like, oh, you're not going to let me? I'm out. See ya. The unintended consequences for him, for his high school program, also for Ohio State, 
Like Ryan Day's not going to come out and say it, but he doesn't. He want, doesn't want when, him to do this. He doesn't want him to enroll early. No way, dude. It's the last thing Ohio State wants. It's crazy to think that a the player reason that has, is why Travis, because there's no way Ryan Day holds on to all that talent. It is no. It is not happening. You would have four freshmen all together. Two, potentially three, are leaving, and now you've got to go back and find a quarterback in the twenty-two class. Because your twenty your twenty two quarterback moved up is now a twenty one, and all I think it's like the top thirty or thirty five quarterbacks have all committed for the twenty two class. Yeah, I mean, and 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 look to into into Day's defense to to Ohio State's defense in this climate. You I mean, you're not going to go to the young man and say, "Hey, we want you to stay in school. We want you to stay in high school," yeah. because then he'll be like. All right, I'm going to going to LA. <laughs> All right, if y'all don't want me, I, I'm out. I'll go. I'll go play for Dabo Sweeney or I'll go play for. I'll, I'll go, go play for Clay Helton. I'll call up Coach O. You know, like yeah, right, right. I'll go to BTR, baby. Fired up. It, it's already crazy with the transfer portal and seeing players on the move. You and I need to study this, and I'm remiss, uh, dear listeners. I'm sorry, I'm remiss. I need to look up how many players are in the portal with no home. Thousands. If you go into the portal and don't know your your exit, that's not good. Most of the players you are considering they- going into the portal and you don't have a home. Mac Jones. Just look at Mac Jones, okay? The 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 dude comes out of nowhere Kentucky. He is sitting behind Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, and worked, and then he worked some more. Oh, oh, okay. They're bringing in a five star out of California named Bryce Young. He's gonna take your job too. Nope. I'm gonna keep working. I'm gonna work some more. Oh, okay. I'm gonna end up winning every single thing I could win except for the Heisman Trophy, and I'll go 21st in the draft to Bill Belichick. And I started one year in college. I mean, think about the other name, not as big, but. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. That's what I would always – I would tell players, if you graduate in three years and you haven't played and you want that chance – If you have your degree, it's all off the table. Then Like you then can do whatever you want. If you can you go do it. But these, these kids that are leaving after their first year, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, like, Kyle Trask is a great call because – for those of you who don't know Kyle's story, it's unbelievable. Kyle is from Texas. He grew up and did not start a high school game, okay? He played behind De'Eric King, who is currently the University of Miami's quarterback by way of Houston. And De'Eric is an otherworldly talent. Speaking of NIL, he's doing very well. And Kyle went to the University of Florida because Jim McElwain got a tip. Hey, got to go look at this young man in this camp. They bring him in. They like him. They sign him. They bring him in. He sits and he sits behind Felipe Franks. And then he gets his shot and just crushes. And so it's so hard these days. Look, I I have empathy for these young people on a lot of levels. Patience is so hard to come by. It's so hard to stay the course, continue to grind, be in the moment, be where your feet are, 
work, 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 work when you're not getting any run because you're looking at social media and you're seeing your boys from high school get run and you're seeing a guy at this school X or that school Y, man, I'm better than that dude. I'm getting in the portal. I, I got to go play. Well, and you're seeing, you know, you know, Ohio State had a couple of receivers that transferred and one was a, a highly recruited freshman last year. He transferred to Missouri and you come in and you see your recruiting class and you're on the sidelines and then you're, you know, you're supposed to be happy and celebrating with your boys and everything. And you're just not out there to play. And so it's like, can I transfer and get on that field faster? You know, um, it, it's just, uh, again, I have tremendous empathy for them uh, because if I was 19 years old, I, I would probably be in that headspace too. Uh, it's, it's very easy to say it. It's you know, oh yeah, from, we're old. Like you're not. I, I'm an old man, dude. Okay, I'm an old man, and it does not directly impact my life. If it did, I might complete. I might take a completely different approach because I don't. I certainly at 19, 20 years old didn't have any perspective, and I'm not. This is me. I'm talking about me, not these young people. I'm talking about me when I was a young person. Everything was ego driven insecurity. Everything. And so if that is your operating procedure, then what are you going to do? The hell with this guy. I'm going to, I'm going there. I'm going like, to go play over there. The one, the other person I always think of, and granted, this was just crazy circumstance with Braxton Miller getting hurt and then JT Barrett. But think about Ohio State and Urban Meyer's legacy if Cardell Jones had transferred before JT Barrett. Like he could have trained, or JT Barrett's going to start that year. I'm out. Yeah, it's a crazy time, man. Think about I mean, Cardell Jones's life. Urban Meyer doesn't have an championship. Ohio State doesn't like. And now he's a now he's a, a hero in the state of Ohio. He's a hero forever in the state of Ohio. And you know, that national championship, Coach Meyer had already won two at Florida. But but that one. That's the one that defines him. Well, and that is the one where, don't forget, when that happened, there was the discussion, is Bama dead and is, is Urban better than Saban at the time? Yep. Yeah, I mean, what an – again, I, we, could, we could talk about this for the rest of the day because you know how close I am with that group of people. All of them. Whether it's Cardale, whether it's JT, certainly Coach Meyer – that whole staff, uh, my boys, Raquan McMillan and Darren Lee, Bosa, Michael Thomas. I didn't know Zeke too well. But just an amazing collection of people. I'll never forget standing on the sideline at the 2015 Ohio State Spring Game, right before the NFL draft. I stood on that sideline talking to Michael Thomas during the spring game. And I asked him, you know, how's it going? Because, look, he, he was a probably great as a fair, but he was a really good college quarter, uh, college wide receiver. Like, really good. Made some dudes look just foolish. He's another, okay? he's another example of he very, worked. He, he very easily could have transferred because he did not play for the longest time. Could have did not played for the longest time. Was about a third option on that national championship team. And he kept grinding. 
and you kept on grinding. And so, actually, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It was the 2016 spring Correct. game because Hedgar Mike he was on the 15 team. Because remember how he made uh, Fuller uh, made Fuller look foolish. Oh, I remember that game. It was a beautiful game. It was an amazing night. Uh, anyway, so 2016 spring game, and I remember standing there, and 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 Thomas was in street clothes. He was waiting on the NFL draft, and I'm I asking you, how's it going? What are they saying? What are they projecting? He's like, man, I don't know. He goes, it went great. I feel really good. My agent's saying I'm going to be all right. And you just wonder, like, okay, ho- hopefully he'll be able to go have a good career. Hopefully he'll be able to go and catch on with a, a, a team that sees the value. Dude, if you would have told me that he would have had this career, I would have been like, uh, I'm not sure. But here he is, one of the I best think- in the game. If you would have asked a lot of Ohio State fans, Michael Thomas was not going to be who Michael Thomas is now. They saw there's a lot of things, but he always just had flashes in the spring game and never and finally let it click. He's one of those guys too. Now, obviously, just crazy talented, uh, willing to work, but he also was blessed with where he went. Mm-hmm. He went and played with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And that they they understand so well like how to accentuate people's gifts. And they've certainly done that for Can't Guard Mike. Uh all right. Uh I could go down a tangent rabbit hole about the new athletics director and the new president of Oklahoma State. Uh they're barely on the job and this seismic shift at their university occurs and uh, you guys heard coach Gundy say it welcome to the big time I mean that's but, like uh, last year Ohio State's president uh you haven't started yet but we need you to be on this call it's kind of important it's about whether or not there's going to be sports in the fall <laughs> good lord god bless them man it's a crazy time in college athletics y'all but we are 30-something days away from kicking off football. I, mean, I saw a thing that said we're 100 days away from college basketball. Gosh, it's crazy. Here we go, son. It's Fire the up the band. We appreciate you all listening. Thank you so much. Uh, so grateful for our law enforcement officials all over the country keeping our communities safe. Thank you so much to our first responders and firemen. And thank you so much to our military members here domestically and all around the world. We appreciate you guys. We are free. And, man, it's wonderful. We'll try to do better next time. This is Marty Smith's America. Be good. Thank you all.